This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as SheCup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or SheCup and I am your co-host or guide for this podcast. And I am Austin or Teacup. I am your other co-host and your lore expert slash game expert for this podcast. Yeah. And so last week, if you listened, um, we did part one of a kind of mix of a character deep dive on Connor Kenway and um, the Assassins versus Templars about the American Revolution. So that was part one last week. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it before you listen to this one, because this is part two of that story. We're continuing talking about Connor and we're continuing to learn about how the Assassins, uh, about, about how the American Revolution ends in the Assassin's Creed universe. Yes. So as we left Connor this last time, uh, he had just assassinated uh, John Pitcairn, and he had discovered a plot to assassinate George Washington, the commander-in-chief of the Colonial Army. So in 1776, Achilles contacted someone by the name of Benjamin Talmadge, an ally of the Brotherhood who led Connor to New York in search of Thomas Hickey. Talmadge explained that Hickey was responsible for running a counterfeiting ring there and was plotting to murder Washington. So a little background, just real quick. The Templars want to murder Washington so that they will put Charles Lee as commander-in-chief of the Colonial Army. So it's not that they think that he's a necessarily bad commander or that he's bad for the revolution they just want their own person in power right so when connor arrived at hickey's operation he drew his hidden blade revealing himself to be an assassin hickey comments that connor's kind had been wiped out there's a conflict uh they get out of the building they're chased through the streets um and they get apprehended by guards with possession of counterfeiting. Connor tries to say that, like, hey, I wasn't involved in this, but they don't care. And they, guess what? Knock him out and take him to prison. Yikes. Of yeah. course, though. Yeah. And so in prison, Thomas Hickey is in a cell next to him. And he's, like, mocking the assassin that he's in there. And Connor's rebuttal is that Washington is safe now that Hickey's in prison. And then Hickey points as Charles Lee and Hatham Kenway release Hickey and move him to a larger cell due to an ongoing investigation. Uh, just as the Templars were about to leave, Hickey asked them what was to be done with the assassin. Uh, Hathen instructed Charles to deal with the problem and later promised Connors and the latter and Charles Lee promises Connor that he has plans for him, which would kill two birds with one stone. Mm. 
Connor meets another prisoner named Mason Wells, uh, who apparently had crafted a fake key. Connor uses that to escape. And then he makes his way to Hickey's cell. However, upon reaching it, he finds that the warden of the prison is dead. He finds Lee and Hickey at the doorway. They hold him at gunpoint uh, and that he's going to be brought to trial for plotting to assassinate Washington. And they were going to pin the murder of the warden on Connor. Connor attacks Lee, but is easily knocked out because he's weak. Again, Connor is knocked out. Oh my gosh. How many times does this kid get punched in the face? (laughs) Uh, And that's when Charles Lee realizes who Connor is and that he recognizes Mm -hmm. him as the young boy who threatened, he had threatened years ago. uh, And he kind of like smugly remarks that he's glad that Connor kept his promise to find him. And then again, knocks him back unconscious where he's dragged back to his cell he wakes up as he's going to like a hangman's noose and uh as he neared the front of the crowd he looks around and he sees like all these assassin recruits that he's done they're kind of moving along the rooftops killing all these guards uh and he a spectator who thinks that he's trying to kill like the great commander-in-chief george washington comes up and basically socks him in the face and as he's knelt down he's helped up by achilles and tells him to give the signal the moment that he wants to be freed. Mm. So as it's going on, Lee is pontificating in his self-arrogance about Connor's supposed crimes, and they place a noose around his neck. He gives the signal. As the trapdoor falls, he's freed. Uh, He runs through the crowd, uh, moving against guard, heading to protect Washington, as Thomas Hickey is trying to come and kill Washington, uh, Connor kills Hickey. And with his last breath, Hickey says that he doesn't care for the Templar cause. He doesn't care for their order or their new world order. He just wants to be paid and have power. Right. And after he's dead, Connor finds again, finds himself at gunpoint with the colonial army. However, he has an ally this time where Israel Putnam vouches for him and says he saved Washington and he's released. So yeah. He does that. He saves George Washington's life again. Again, Um, right. Yes. So now we get a little kind of detour. So a couple years pass. It's now 1777. And Connor is not anywhere near to getting rid of the Templars or the threat of like posing his, they pose to his George Washington's life. He tells George Washington several times, like, hey, Charles Lee is trying to kill you, but Washington refuses to dismiss Charles Lee or bring him up on what he calls baseless claims. Hmm, interesting. Yes. Uh, and so as winter rolls in 1777, Connor decided to go and warn Washington, basically, and tell him of the assassin's plots. And he basically like to tell him about this hidden conflict, which Achilles tries to stop him and says that assassins work quietly and do not go announcing conspiracies from rooftops. Uh, Connor then in turn criticizes Achilles faulty leadership of the colonial assassins, which led the Templars to dominating the colonies. And it's, it's a moment of like, again, this mentor moment that happens. Connor's basically like, you know, I've done all this, all the success that we've had against the Templars because of me. And Achilles is basically, okay, so you can give back the robes and the hidden blades and all the years of training, the food, the shelter, all of that thing. 
Right. Um, Achilles also tells him that life is not a fairy tale and there aren't happy endings. Uh, and Connor, in his arrogance, just says, that's only true when men like Achilles were in charge. Mm. And then he walks away. Uh, and then Achilles shouts after him very much that if he wants to save the world, he should avoid destroying it in the process. It kind of, um, yeah, it reminds me of the, the Star Wars scene where Yoda and Obi-Wan are trying to prevent Luke from rushing off to Vader. Yeah. So Connor meets with Washington in the uh, Continental Camp at Valley Forge, where the commander can find in that a large number of supplies meant for his troop have been stolen. Uh, and they suspect this Templar named Benjamin Church is the one behind it. Uh, he was a traitor to the Continental Army, a defector back to the British. He had been released from prison. And so Washington asked Connor to investigate where the supplies had been missing. So he arrives at this church where they were supposed to be. And he walks in, it's empty. But then from above, he's attacked by none other than Haytham Kenway. So they does Haytham know that this is his son? Yes, at this point he does. And because Lee remembered who he was. And so they did some investigating and realized that he was going by Connor Kenway. Right. And the so they go back and forth and they're circling each other. Connor accuses uh, Haytham of coming to check on the traitor Benjamin Church. However, Haytham says that he defected from the Templars and the Continental Car uh, Army. And Haytham suggests that they work together to track him down, to which Connor agrees. This seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so they hunt Church's men through the frontier where eventually led to the Smith and Company Brewery in New York. So Haytham is known, like he's a Templar, he's an important guy, and he can get in no problem. And he tells Connor to wait, and Connor's like, nuh-uh, not happening. We go together or we don't go. And so Connor disguises himself as a mercenary. Uh, and when they're going there, Haytham openly introduces him and says, this is my son. What? why i feel like that's stupid well I, and it's like a moment where like it even catches connor off guard that like he would do that but i think that why he does that is because one of the best ways to lie is to include a truth in it i mean true yeah uh and so while inside they have a conversation about connor's mother uh as hathen hadn't heard from her since they had since Connor was conceived. Right. However, Connor isn't having any of that. And he belligerently answers that she had been murdered under his orders. And Haytham is shocked by this. Uh, he claimed that he ordered no such thing and that he told his Templars to not pursue the precursor site and to just give up on that. Uh, Connor looks at his father and says... I've run out of forgiveness. Mm. So they find church and they're tracking him down and he's sailing to somewhere. And so Connor gets on the Aquila with Haytham and out they, 
they get into conflict with Church's ship. At one point, they ram into it, causing a fight to happen between. Uh, Connor chases after Haytham to keep up with him. He finds Haytham violently beating Church, uh, yelling at him for betraying the order. Uh, Connor holds back Haytham uh, and begins to interrogate Church himself. Church does not want to speak, so Connor kills him. Uh, and in his dying breath, Church reveals where the supplies are. He also attempted to justify his actions, stating that King George had every right to feel betrayed that the Brit- and that the British were not without cause. Which, you know, maybe. Um, okay, no, whatever. Uh, and so pleased by the success working together, uh, they were able to get these supplies. Connor begins to believe that the Assassins and Templars might be able to unite due to their similar goals which we've talked about before in this, they both want peace. They both want an end to conflict in the world. But they, I think- They go about it in totally opposite ways. Right. And, and I for think different that, reasons. For totally different reasons. Right. And I think this is another moment where we see Connor's age kind of coming through and that he yeah. knows that like, he's not seeing things in the full picture. He's not thinking about them as- complex as they are and not noticing the nuance which like what is he 18 19 at this time uh it's 17 7 so he's 21 okay so 21 still his prefrontal cortex still has not fully developed yet right and i think it's also a thing about like he's blinded by the idea it's not about uniting the templars and assassins it's about uniting him and hate him yeah absolutely um so i think let's go to our break real quick yeah okay let's do it okay this is the break and this is where we talk about all things that have to do with the assassin's creed lore cast but not necessarily the actual lore of the assassin's creed universe so this is the time where i tell you one of the best ways to help the show um, is to give us a like rating review and share our show with your friends you think might think who you might think would be interested in the show so um you can also leave us a review on apple with words and you can leave us a rating on spotify without words if you do leave us a review on apple uh with words it's five stars we will read it out on the show but i don't think we have one to read today do we austin i do not believe so we do not. So you can be the next one we read on the show if you uh, review us today. Um, another way that you will soon be able to help us is uh, via Patreon. We are launching one. It's not live yet, but it will be coming soon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, finally, my last thing that I have to tell you about is Discord. So if you want to get the first news on the Assassin's Creed broadcast, or on any of mine and Teacup's other shows, the Dragon Age Lorecast and Holocron Histories. Discord is where it's at. Um, We have our own server, the Cups Podcasting and More server. And that is the official home of all of our podcasts. 
Hearts, and they get first news. So uh, come join us over there if you want that first news or if you want to see pictures of our dog and other people's dogs and the funny memes we share. You should definitely join us over there. Or you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord. We are still members of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, and there are all kinds of really amazing podcasts um, in that server that you can find in addition to ours. So uh, links to both of those servers will be in the episode description. Is there anything else, Austin, that I've forgotten? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, let's get back to it. All right. So we're nearing the end. Of the war. Yes. Not the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So sometime after the assassination of Benjamin Church, Connor decides that, hey, I'm going to go see my dad uh, because I think our orders can rely, align. Uh, He does apologize to Achilles for uh, his harsh words before they left. There is a reconciliation between the two and he presents the idea of unity to him. However, Achilles openly disapproved, insisting that it was impossible to work alongside the Templars and that the assassin's goals could never be accomplished while Haytham is still alive. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Yes. Um, And Achilles just operates from an entirely different worldview than Connor does because he had an assassin's brotherhood and it was taken from him by Haytham. Right. So of course, of course, he's like, no, there's no way that we could ever unite with this person who did all this horrible stuff to us, who killed so many of us. Right. I support Achilles. I get where he's coming from. mm -hmm. So nonetheless, Connor tracks down Haytham in New York, uh, where he finds him working to discover the plans of the British army. Uh, Haytham was frustrated to find that his spies did not know what the plans were, and that they had only been told to wait from orders from above. Uh, Connor simply says, well, then let's track down the commanders and get the information from them. Of course. And so they, they track them to a meeting at Trinity Church, which had been recently burned down by the Great Fire of New York. And after ambushing them, the two were able to detain three commanders, the last one having been recaptured during an attempt to flee. <sighs> They take him to Haytham's quarters in Fort George and they question them. The three revealed the British forces plans to withdraw from Philadelphia and proceed to New York within the next two days. Haytham then kills the officers, much to Connor's disapproval. And though he's very angered by the mercy, like the lack of mercy that his father shows, he turns his intentions to important matters and leaves to warn Washington while Haytham says nah we should go tell Charles Lee he's the person we need to tell which Connor's just like nah screw Charles Lee so Connor explains the situation to Washington uh Haytham kind of sneakily looks over the commander's shoulder basically and reads his correspondent correspondence and it contains that the commander had just ordered the burning of Connor's village and the salting of their land since many of his tribe had been aiding the British. See, last episode you asked. Here you are. 
Well, I thought they would be. So I was yeah. like, mm, this isn't okay. Let's see. Right. So the Templar also, Katham, also brings up the burning of Connor's village several years previously, which he says Washington had been responsible for. And in response, Connor cuts ties with Washington as Haytham's very ha uh, happy about this. He calls for his son to leave with him and Connor rejects Haytham as well and accuses Haytham of withholding this information until it best suited to him to reveal. Is this information the truth or is it a lie? Yes, it is, a tr it is the truth and that George Washington had been sent there to burn the village um, and that Charles Lee and them were working with the kind of army at that point to burn down this village. Okay. But I can understand why he would basically cut ties with everyone because he feels betrayed by everyone, by Charles Lee, obviously, but also by Washington and by his father who chose to deliberately keep this information from him. Yes. And so he says to them, he says, if you follow me, I'll kill you. Which how he walks out of that tent is beyond me after threatening the general of the Continental Army. Connor says that to Washington. To Washington and Haytham. He says, if either of you follow me, I will kill you. I mean, the reason why he walks out, is able to walk out from Washington is probably because there weren't a lot of other people in the tent, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, because he's done so much for the colonials that they're figuring, well, as long, yeah. as long as we don't follow him, it'll be fine. Right. So he kills Washington's messengers and he gets to his village where he finds it unharmed. However, the clan mother informs him that Lee had already rallied several of the village warriors to repel, to repel invading continental soldiers. Unwilling for his village to become involved in the war, uh, Connor basically knocks out all the people who are encroaching. Uh, however, his friend, Kana Togon, uh, he is able to get to him last and he sees him coming and they, he throws him off and threatens him with a knife. He mentions that he should not have believed that Connor would protect their village, accusing him of turning against their people and being seduced by Washington's cause. Though Connor desperately insists that Lee fed him lies, his friend attacks him and Connor is forced to kill him. That's really sad because basically everything that his friend accuses him of is the opposite. Like he's not turning against their people. He's not being seduced by Washington's cause. Like that's not at all what's happening. Right. And this is a point of like what we talked about with the Salem witch trials, like the Templars using fear and hysteria to manipulate people. Yes. So Connor chases Lee to Monmouth, which is should be a uh, name you recognize. Yeah. So he arrives and finds a French contingent soldiers led by none other than Marquis de Lafayette. Lafayette. Uh, 
And Lafayette uh, told Connor that Lee showed up moments before to take charge, screaming at everyone to advance before riding away. At that moment, a large number of British soldiers came to the surrounding area. Connor volunteered to cover their retreat and Connor and a small group of Lafayette soldiers held off the advance with cannon fire before falling back. Uh, as they fall back, Connor rescues several colonial soldiers that were going to be executed before reaching the main force led by Washington. I'm sorry. Um, every time you say Lafayette, all I can hear is all of the different ways that Southern states mispronounce it in their town names because like if you don't know every southern state in the united states pretty much has a town named lafayette but none of them pronounce it lafayette like in tennessee it's lafayette now there's also lafayette yeah and like lafayette like mm-hmm. it, there are so so many different pronunciations so that's all I can think about. <laughs> but as they arrive, Lafayette congratulates Connor for saving so many lives. Uh, but the assassin only turned to address Washington. Connor told him that Lee had betrayed the Continental Army, a claim that Lafayette supported due to Lee's unusual behavior before the battle. Washington said that he would look into the issue. Uh, and Connor responds that the time for doing such thing has passed. Connor departs the battlefield. He warned Washington that if the latter spared Lee's life, he would take it himself. And then he says one of my favorite lines that he says. He says, enjoy your victory, Commander. It's the last one I deliver you. I mean, fair. He has every right to feel that way, I feel. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting compared to like what we actually know about the Battle of Monmouth, which, Mm -hmm. you know, after the Battle of Monmouth, like, That's the end of Lee's military career, really. Um, The soldiers under his care, they basically turn on him. And like, we know that John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton challenge him to a duel, basically, and they shoot him. And like Washington is all pissed about it. And it's just interesting kind of the parallels here of like Washington continually defense of Lee and I think that this comes from Washington's idea of like he wants to keep the Continental Army as united as he can um, and that he realizes that the British are a far superior military force so if any kind of division happens it's going to be detrimental to the Continental Army I think that's where Washington is coming from it but I mean, there are several signs in history when we study the American Revolution that Charles Lee is not, he's allied with the revolution, but he's not a friend to it, really. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And also something that it really illuminates for me is that for Americans, this is obvious. For non-Americans, this may not be obvious. Even from the early days, we had 13 colonies. Now we have 50 states and several territories. But we are not like this melting pot that we often pretend like we are. And especially, you know, we could talk about that with race, but especially among the different states too. Like we've lived in different states and we've had friends, you and I, Austin, from different places. And we had a friend in grad school who would always say that like America is too big of a country, like each state is its own country. And I think that she was right in that. And I think that 
that that principle goes back even into the American Revolution. And we see that here where we have people from different states who are arguing, who are having disunity in this military that has tried to come together for one of the first times. And it, it, it doesn't really work the way they want it to. Right. And it's important to know that like for Charles Lee, at least historically, he comes from a military family, like Mm -hmm. all of his ancestors were military. So there's also this sense of pride, like he feels he he is owed like command because of his family, whereas Washington got it based on merit, really. Yeah. Um, And so that's part of it, too. And so that's Connor basically just for lack of a better thing, gives, you know, the middle finger to the revolution and says, call me when you're ready to deal with the Templars, basically. Mm -hmm. And so in 1781, Connor went to Achilles, who is now sick and basically on his deathbed. Uh, Achilles requests news of the revolution and Connor responded that the colonists were winning and the country might finally be free from British rule. Achilles tells him that Haytham and Lee need to die Uh, even though Connor does believe that they can work together. Uh, So afterward, Connor sees that Lafayette is in the base, in the mansion's basement where Connor reveals reveals his strategy for entering Fort George. He would need the French allies to disguise themselves as British so they could fire upon the fort, giving Connor the opportunity to kill Lee. So this is the battle at the battle of Chesapeake Bay, Connor with the Aquila basically helps the British or helps the French in fighting the British. Uh, but due to the British's Navy, the French ships sink and their man of war, uh, which is a big like British ship, destroys the cannons on the Aquila. Uh, and Lafayette is too far away. However, Connor forces the Aquila to ram and boards the man of war alone, leaving his crew behind. Connor kills the captain and shot and shoots the gunpowder catch before quickly escaping and getting free. Wow. And Connor, before assaulting King or uh, Fort George, he briefly returns to the homestead where he learns that Achilles has indeed passed. Uh, and he finds a letter that Achilles property would all go to Connor, that his appearance of the old man's life had been great hope for the future of the nation Connor would help create. He also learns here that Achilles named him after his son who died at an early age uh, of a sickness. So Connor Kenway is, his namesake is Connor Davenport. Oh, that's sad. Break my heart. Um, At the funeral service, uh, Connor and the homestead residence that he had built up They buried Achilles next to his wife and son to remembered as the old man on the hill. Mm. Yeah. So Connor with this newfound to make Achilles proud, he goes into the military district of New York. Uh, He uses the underground tunnels that were built under the city. He lights a signal fire uh, calling the French ships to assault Fort George. However, Connor was caught in the bombardment and injured. He goes into Fort George, and he finds himself face-to-face with Haytham. Haytham had foreseen Connor's arrival and had sent Lee away. After a duel between the two, Connor, Haytham is helling Connor by the throat uh, and then giving him a speech about how he failed. 
Connor, midway through that speech, stabs Haytham in the neck. And in his dying words, Haytham states that he was in a way proud of Connor and that he should have killed him long before. I don't like him very much. Yeah. Um, well, don't make a judgment yet. I am making a judgment now. <laughs> okay. So Haytham reco- or Connor recovers Haytham's journal where he reads about his father's tragic life, which is very, very tragic. Like he's inducted basically into the assassins at early age. Uh, I'm not going to go too much because he, um, I want to save a Haytham Kenway episode, but he has life of betrayal. Uh, he also discovers that Haytham saved Connor's life. Uh, that one of the assassin's arrows didn't go all the way through the noose and it was Haytham who threw a knife to finally cut the rope. Oh, whatever. That doesn't make him noble all of a sudden. Uh Anyone would save their son. Yeah, and then uh, Connor learned that Haytham feigned ignorance about his mother's death as he assumed Connor would never believe Washington was responsible. That still doesn't make me like him. Yeah, Uh, and so... With this knowledge, Connor marks his father off the list with a symbol from his tribe to signify his regret that they fell falling out, but still remained absolute in his decision to support the assassin order. Uh, Basically, following this encounter, Connor shapes his head uh, into a mohawk and smears his face with war paint as tradition for going into battle for his tribe. Uh, And he confronts Charles Lee at Haytham's funeral. Uh, Connor is immediately captured. Uh, Lee is enraged by Haytham's death and declared that he would keep Connor alive so he could watch Lee destroy everything his lo- he loved. His village, the homestead, everything. Uh, Charles leaves, ordering the guards to take care of Connor, which they begin beating him. But Connor escapes and boards a British prison ship stealthily and learned that Lee was in Boston and then he kills the officer on the British ship. Connor then confronts Lee at the Boston docks. They have a conflict. They run through the city. Uh, They're caught into a uh, ferry where they're both injured and Lee escapes again. And in this, he asks why Connor continued to fight despite being turned on at every point, even by the very men he sought to save. And Connor Mm -hmm. replies, because no one else will. And shoots Lee in the stomach. That's just a badass scene, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really good quote. I feel like that quote really sums up his story. Like, yeah no one else will do this so i have to and it's very like it's very reminiscent in like storytelling of like kind of like the call of the hero like the thing you have to do this because no one else will luke Mm -hmm. has to confront vader because no one else can and there are all these points like and that's the assassin's kind of mantra. And like where Bayek and Aya even start this hidden one order is that we are fighting for these people because no one else is. Yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons why I say he very much exemplifies what it means to be an assassin. Mm-hmm. And so Connor learns that Lee fled, uh, fled to Monmouth 
there he finds him at an inn and bleeding out and drinking silently. Connor offers each other. The two have a wordless interaction where Lee just nods at Connor and Connor stabs Lee in the heart and steals the key to the Grand Temple, which will come important later in Desmond's story. Uh, and then setting him down on the table like a patron who had simply had too much to drink. And then he leaves. And so that's how he kills Lee. So the other people around don't know that he's really killed him. They just think he's too drunk. Right. Right. Interesting. And then six months later, Connor returns to his village to discover his people had left. Uh, there was a frontiersman sitting by a fire. He revealed that Connor's people had gone west and that a man in New York had been given the land by the newly formed Congress. When Connor asked how this happened, the man told him that the country did not have England to supply them with resources anymore and that the Congress needed to do things themselves. And so Connor enters the long house uh, and he sees the crystal ball, the piece of Eden that he was shown earlier, confused why it was left behind. Suddenly the artifact trivered and Juno comes to him again. She was pleased that Connor had returned. Anger, he, Connor is basically like, I didn't accomplish my goal. Like he was, his people were driven out by like the people that he fought with and helped put in power. Uh, and then Juno just simply tells him that he needs to keep the key he took from Charles Lee and hide it. Uh, Connor is confused and Juno simply tells him that he was only required to hide it and he would be free to live his own life. So he buries the amulet in the grave of his namesake, Connor Davenport. And he removes the portraits of the Templars and burns them in a fire. Uh, he then retrieves the tomahawk from the column he had implanted in, signifying the war was over and he tossed it aside. Mm. From there, Connor left to New York, arrived on evacuation day when the last British ship were leaving. As the colonists teased them from land, the ship fired a warning shot that sank into the ocean. Connor turned and smiled at the colonists' freedom, but only saw a man selling African slaves, reminding him that not everyone in this new land had been freed just yet. Uh, during this time in the city, he also meets with Washington. He asked Washington what he would do now that the war was over. When Washington responds that he was planning to retire, Connor is disappointed and argues that he should continue leading the country in peacetime as well as war. It's interesting to me that he has so much respect for Washington still. Right. I think that it's a point of like, he knows that Washington at least tries to fight for freedom, at least in his own way. And that like, I think it's a point of like, he, ex he knows Washington will always be Washington. He doesn't have to really expect deception from Washington. Right. He can trust him to always act as Washington would act. Right. He's not going to be like a two-faced kind of, backstabbing leader he's a leader with some level of integrity even if he is also a slave owner right right uh, and we talked about like george washington could convince you to eat your sock so you know yeah. he's a talented public speaker yeah yeah i guess that's fair 
Well, do you have more to add about Connor or should we talk about why we like him or why we dislike him? Um, I think we can go on to talk about why we like and dislike him. Okay. Well, I'll start since I know less about him than you do. I have really enjoyed these past two episodes and everything you've told me about him. Um, I knew a little bit about him already, but not much since I haven't played all of his games yet. Um, but I, I do like him. I know that there are a lot of people who dislike him because he's so whiny. Um, and that's like what people say about why they don't like him. But I, I kind of think he has every right to be whiny. I think he has every right to be upset after all that he's gone through and all that his people have gone through, including his mother's death. And also, I, I think that you're right in that we forget he's a teenager for most of this. Um, like, he's not an adult. He's not, he's, he's still, he's still a young kid. Like, he may not be a child, literally, but, like, he is still young and has not seen uh, the world. He hasn't seen all of the world. Right, right. Um, so I think another thing for Connor for me is that I do think he's in a perfect embodiment of the assassin ideology. Um, I also think that he is probably the most dangerous assassin we've ever controlled. Why? Because he is absolute in his devotion to the assassin cause. Like, mm. yes, he's the only one he kind of affords kindness for is Hatham, his own father, which is understandable. But like, it's very much of like, he realizes that these Templars have to die and it might not be the most moral way to do this, but it's for the betterment of the world. And he is absolute in his destruction of the Templars. Um, and, you know, he is just, is very much this legend among the American colonies at this point as this man who like shows up and like, kind of like in the Commander Shepard way, like Connor shows up and they know they're going to win because he is so skilled and moves about. Mm. How many video games can we reference <laughs> in this episode? I don't know. Uh, well, do you have any final closing thoughts on Connor? Well, yeah, I want to talk about just kind of the legacy of him and the legacy of the American Revolution a little oh, bit. Um, like I said, kind of in the last episode, I think that Connor's lens is an important one for the series and shows that it's a, it's a good, like, take on a historical moment to tell this through the lens of someone who's indigenous. Uh, and I think that I really applaud Ubisoft on not making Connor kind of like blindly follow the, re the American Revolution and that like, he has true critiques and caution about their intentions. Right. Yeah, I think it would be really easy for them to have not done the research and made him into a stereotype. And I'm really glad they didn't do that. Right. I also think that like, this is a great use of, they use a lot of Native American language, which, you know, you and I both know is at danger of being lost. And so the fact that it's mm -hmm. preserved in a video game is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I also think for the legacy, this really changes how the assassins operate because 
before this, they had bureaus and hideaways with hundreds or thousands of assassins around. Mm -hmm. Connor does this just himself. He dismantles the colonial Templars just himself. And I think that it teaches the assassins that they only really need one of them to move about and accomplish what they need. Yeah. Um, And yes, that person needs support, but when it's only one person, they, if it's the right person, they can accomplish more than like, say Achilles did with his hundreds of assassins that helped him. Well, it's also about being the right person in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know what Achilles would have done with his, his brotherhood if, if he had been around 20 years later, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that it just shows that like, and later in assassins, like they are using one assassin to accomplish these goals. Like in unity, they have a more established brotherhood, but that's because it's in France and they're in an assassin stronghold city. And so I just think that that's really important and something that they continue to learn because it's Altair that takes down the Holy Land Templar, right? It is Ezio who takes down the Borgia. It is all these people. And even Edward Kenway isn't even an assassin and he takes down the West Indies Templars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think also it is note that Connor has Isu DNA. Um, you know we do an episode on the isu yes it's coming okay yeah well anything else about connor and his story i think that's it well i really enjoyed this um i know it was a two-parter and sometimes people don't love two-part series but um i really liked this one yes it's a lot uh good good time um yeah all right well let's wrap this thing up unless you have anything else i do not have anything else all right well thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next week on the assassin's creed Lorecast. thanks for listening to the assassin's creed Lorecast. you can find us on twitter at assassin's creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on discord in the robots radio discord or our personal discord server both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening and always stay to the shadows to serve the light assassins. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.